folks, welcome to a brand new episode of Do Not Worry. I'm your host, Anthony, coming to you once again from the heart of Beirut and Jayatewe. Folks, this is episode 19. We're almost at episode 20. We're four months into the podcast. Who would have thunk it? I definitely wouldn't have. Uh, as usual, guys, please take a second to like this video. Uh, leave a comment if there's anything that you want to say throughout the video, if there's any segment you find interesting. As you know, your engagement, hashtag engagement, has been extremely, extremely helpful for this channel's growth. We were at 2,800 subscribers. We're almost at 3,000 subscribers, and that is thanks to you guys. All of your engagement, all of your comments help my video appear in the recommended section on people's homepage so that more people can discover it. So thank you so much. And speaking of subscribers, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet become a Do Not Warrior. Help me make it to 3,000 subscribers, what I like to call the I Love You 3,000 subscriber mark. There's a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Um, is YouTube trying to suppress uh, content? They just added, I, at least I just got today, I was testing out some TikTok videos to see if, um, if I'd get a copyright strike. And there's all these additional options for monetization. And it seems like YouTube is going to make it a lot harder for people to monetize videos if they want to discuss anything controversial. The problem is, what does YouTube consider controversial? So that's going to be one of the topics. Uh, I'm going to have to touch on the uh, Lebanese foreign minister, Sherb al who made some really, really ignorant comments about uh, people from the Emirates and Saudi Arabia and stuff like that. And the backlash that it has caused and all the drama that, that it's been causing. I don't normally talk about stuff like that on here because it's extremely stressful. But I mean, today's story was all over the place. So I'm going to have to touch on it a little bit. And I, and I got into some discussions with people on Instagram about it. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Daddy Foodie and his comments about uh, what is going on in Palestine and how we should be focusing on Lebanon first. Hey. We're going to be looking at some TikToks from an IDF soldier, uh, some pretty cringe and weird TikToks. Uh, Joseph Shada has seemingly responded to my videos and some of his TikToks. We're going to talk about uh, Joseph Shada's updates. I'm also going to review some Takis, folks. Some Takis, a delicious, crispy, spicy snack. We're going to be eating some Takis together. I'm going to be giving you a slightly ASMR experience, hopefully something fun. One final thing. I was on Anis Tabit's uh, Instagram live show. He does interviews with people from the entertainment industry every Tuesday on his Instagram live. I was with him on Tuesday. We had a very fun hour talking about stuff, reminiscing about stuff, talking about some alien stuff. So get on his profile on Instagram. I'm going to have the link in my description. Check it out. It was a fun time. Thanks for having me on, Anise. Also, uh, don't forget, uh, I'm launching a new podcast on this channel towards the end of June, beginning of July. So again, it's an extra reason for you guys to subscribe to the channel. Get hyped. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, it's going to be great. We're working on it. We're working on it, baby. Uh, all right, let's get going. Okay, so I was doing a test on YouTube today. I was, um, I'm going to be doing some TikTok reactions a little bit later. So I was checking out if the music would get a copyright strike or not. And as I was doing so, I got all these extra options for ad suitability. Uh, so it basically gives you the option as a creator to self rate your own video while submitting it to get you know uh, reviewed to see if it's suitable to get advertisers or not so they ask you uh is there any inappropriate language you click and they give you three options abbreviated censored or light profanity like hell damn you can say shit uh you know the b word the f word uh you're not supposed to curse in the first 30 seconds you know they give you so if you pick that first option it says safe for ads if you pick the second option which is moderate profanity They'll tell you there's going to be limited ads. What counts as moderate profanity? Strong profanity used 
uh, in the opening of a video in the first 30 seconds, strong profanity in the title or the thumbnail of a music video. And if you go for extreme profanity, you're also going to get limited ads. So, okay, at least all of the words and the language that I use would still theoretically uh, count as appropriate. So we're good for that. Adult content, sexual behavior, language or expressions, including both real and computer generated visuals. So romance or kissing, uh, discuss uh, discussions of romantic relationships or sexuality without reference to intercourse, fully censored nudity. Uh, da, 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 sensual dancing in a professional setting without full or partial nudity, non-graphic sex education. Okay, so I mean, A, I wouldn't even be talking about this, but discussing, discussions of intimate sexual experiences, so fo focus on sexual body parts. So automatically here, they are discouraging you of going into detail. So if you have a an educational account, maybe, you know what I mean? Or an educational channel that wants to go into detail about sex or sex education, YouTube is demotivating you from making a video if you're looking to make a little bit of revenue off of it. So discussions of intimate sexual experiences focus on sexual body parts, even if covered, blurred or censored nudity with discernible body parts, uh, but implied sexual acts, all of that stuff will get you limited ads. So already, I feel this is a way for YouTube to kind of censor and de-incentivize, you know, independent creators from creating content. So again, I would be safe in this case because in this episode, I'm not talking about any of that. Violence, uh, graphic law enforcement in an educational context, violence that occurs as part of unedited video gameplay, mild violence with minimal blood, dead bodies that are fully censored, blurred, prepared for burial or shown in historical events. That would be safe for ads. Fleeting graphic law enforcement, Without educational context, showing dead bodies with obvious injury and or mutilation, etc. Graphic violence. Like, I'm not even sure if the words that I'm saying right now, by reading their settings and their, um, you know, their options, would get this video demonetized. I'm going to be finding out a lot with this video, by the way. Raw footage. So again, if you pick anything other than the first option, you're automatically on limited ads. So again, if you're a news channel if, and if you're trying to expose... Maybe some of the violence that's happening in a conflict in some country or between a couple of countries or on the streets, or you want to talk about the unlawful and brutal policing that is taking place in the United States, automatically you are de-incentivized by YouTube. They're going to tell you, hey, you want to make that content, feel free, but you're going to have limited ads. So if you plan on making a bunch of money off of these videos, you're not going to be able to. And again, for most people, that's fine. For someone like me who's trying to make a living off of creating videos on YouTube, this does concern me, although, again, I don't plan on getting into these kinds of topics, but it's a slippery slope. And again, what does what do they consider violent? Again, it's pretty subjective sometimes. Shocking content. OK, that one is pretty um, self-explanatory. Graphic images of human or animal body parts. OK, I get I get that kind of thing. Harmful or dangerous acts. OK, I get that one. Recreational drug content. OK, wait, let's see. Education, music, content, focusing on the display or effects of drug consumption or the creation or distribution of drugs. Limited ads. Ooh, there goes my plan B, folks. Hateful and derogatory content. Hate, disparagement, or harassment words. Okay. Okay, th that makes sense. Content referencing protected groups of criticizing individuals' opinions. Uh, I get that. I get that. What worries me, where is it? Firearms-related content. Sensitive events. Recent events dealing with war, death, or tragedy. So, I mean, if someone wants to talk about what's happening in Palestine right now, um, what does, what, like, okay, so you're okay if you're talking about fleeting, if it's a fleeting mention of sensitive events, academic documentary content, 
on historic acts of terror prior to 9-11, educational content on terrorism or terrorist groups absent of graphic imagery or footage of actual... Again, I don't even know if me reading these words and saying the terrorist word is going to get me demonetized. Educational or documentary content or discussions of attacks resulting in the catastrophic loss of human life, etc., etc. So anything, basically, if you want to cover the news and if you want to show people what's actually going on in the world, YouTube will not encourage you to make that kind of content. I think that is the lesson. And controversial issues, topics that may be unsettling for our users, such as content discussing preventing, um, preventing controversial issues, content where the controversial issues are mentioned fleetingly. So just fleeting, a fleeting mention of something. But if it's about controversial issues that are not visually disturbing yet may contain descriptive language, content that is dramatized, artistic, educational documentary. This is very vague. I have a feeling just the word Palestine is enough to demonetize someone's video. So we're going to find out this week and I'll let you guys know on Instagram and stuff what happens uh, in terms of monetizing this video. But I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about this and I'm concerned about what this does to like, hey, it's going to discourage people from being honest. If I, if I have an honest opinion that I want to say about something, I'm going to have to triple think my words and the language. I'm going to have to start censoring myself. I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that. And I also don't like how it's sort of uh, discouraging independent content creators from trying to to make a living on YouTube. You're making it way more difficult for people because now they have to censor themselves. They have to censor the topics they talk about. You're also making it harder for people to share information. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this from a monetization perspective. If you just want to make videos and upload them, then this is probably not going to affect you. But for people looking to, to get advertisers on their videos, this is going to make it a lot harder. And this is why people are relying on, on services like Patreon, uh, to get that extra revenue because it's getting harder and harder to count on YouTube to make ad revenue. So stuff like Patreon, which I'm eventually going to have to do, and you're going to find out about it eventually. Uh, but we, we don't have much of a choice because YouTube is making it harder and harder to make a living off of their platform. Okay, uh, this next topic, uh, this, is, this feels like last week tonight with John Oliver, except I am no John Oliver. This is a much uh, crappier version of that show uh, with... Way less research and knowledge about anything. Uh, but anyways, let's talk about what the Lebanese foreign minister... What's his name again? Sherbel Wehbe. Uh, let's look at his comments first. Uh, he made some comments on uh, the news uh, regarding, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia and um, stuff like that. Let's check it out. Let's see what he had to say. <laughs> دول اهل المحبه وال والصداقه والاخوه جابوا عن دول الخليج ما بدي سمي دول المحبه جابوا لنا الدوله الاسلاميه زرعوا لنا اياها بسهل نينوى وبالانبار وبتدمر وب بتمويل بتمويل منهم بتمويل مني انا لكن سو ذاتس ذا فيرست ثينج هي سيد ليتس تشيك اوت ذا ذس واز ذا مور اوفينسيف بارت رايت هير
ما بدي كفي تفضل عمول معروف Okay, so he had his tantrum, and the way he so basically the way he referred to the gentleman, I think who was an analyst. I'm not sure from where, from maybe Saudi Arabia. Uh, the way he referred to him as like wahad, like when al-Badu, as if it was a derogatory term, and uh, that was very offensive. And as Lebanon's foreign minister, he's the last person who should be talking like that. So he has just caused a complete international shitstorm, and you know. Lebanon's relations with the Emirates and with Saudi Arabia are now way more strained because of what this guy said. And it's led to a couple of things that I kind of want to talk about. A, I absolutely want to condemn what this guy said. I mean, absolutely. Well, it's a bit more complicated than that. The thing about ISIS, look, there is evidence that ISIS was funded partly by Saudi Arabia. And a lot of wealthy people in Saudi Arabia did fund ISIS. So he, he was partly right about that. And I'm not going to like dance around that fact. Sa Saudi Arabia is, when it comes to human rights, when it comes to the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, there is a lot of things that they have done that are extremely questionable. And I'm not gonna, here to whitewash it. I'm not here to hide any of that stuff. Uh, we're going to be honest about it. Just in terms of what he said, uh, I've been to Saudi Arabia, believe it or not. I've spent over a month there, over a period of time, like I've traveled there three separate times. Uh, I'm not going to mention why I was there, but like I worked on a project there and I got to meet some really, really amazing people. And I actually got to meet Bedouins in the middle of the desert. And I drank coffee for the first time ever. I don't drink coffee. And I had two cups of coffee with them in the middle of the desert in their tent. It was amazing. I met, I met three generations of Bedouins. I met the grandfather, the dad and the son. And uh, we got to ask them a bunch of questions. They offered us food. It was honestly a beautiful experience. They had a camel farm right in the middle of the desert. We got to like hang out with their camels. It was a lot of fun. And it's a beautiful country. They have some gorgeous landscapes. And again, some of the nicest people that I've met, some of the most. There was one person in particular who was extremely inspiring and, and just honestly, some incredible people. But what I feel about the people in Saudi Arabia has nothing to do with the way I feel about their government and how they handle you know, what's happening in Yemen and how they've interfered with Lebanon and and mingled with our politics. And I mean, they've also kept us from advancing. Let's not like fool ourselves as well. But the problem is that now everyone who works, every Lebanese person who works in Saudi Arabia, or who works in the Emirates now has to denounce the words of uh, the foreign minister. And there's these two letters. Let me try to find them. Here are these two letters that have been written by like uh you know uh, associations of lebanese people in both saudi arabia and in uh you know the emirates basically denouncing what the guy said and th what this reminds me of is you know anytime there's a terror attack you have all of these muslim groups in the united states that have to denounce the terror attack as if every muslim is a terrorist or as if every muslim has to represent whatever happened with the terrorists like this is what's happening now the acts of one man have fucked it up for Lebanese people. And now look, I, I'm fine with these letters. The problem that I'm having is that some people are going overboard in their praise of Saudi Arabia, like some incredibly cringeworthy tweets. Like, look at these, for example, like they're showing you examples of Saudi Arabia versus Lebanon. Okay, uh, this guy showing you piles of trash versus highways in Saudi Arabia. Okay, this Lebanese dude is showing you the difference between the Beirut, the, like the port that is completely blown up because of our government and you know, Saudi Arabia. Well, I mean, okay, I get it. But like, why are you, you don't need to go that far to show that you are loyal to Saudi Arabia and that you're happy that you have a job there. You know what I mean? It doesn't need to go that far, bro. Especially when Saudi Arabia has a very questionable track record when it comes to human rights. Again, when it comes to all of that sort of thing. So let's not put a country like that on a pedestal. 
denounce what the foreign minister said. He's already resigned. Let him apologize publicly, but you don't have to take it upon yourself to grovel at anyone's feet for the right to live in their country. And if you're so afraid that they're going to kick you out of their country because of one man's comments, when they know that our politicians don't represent us because they know that we've been oppressed, then they're not our friends. And our relationship with Saudi Arabia and with those countries is a toxic relationship. Again, if one man's comments are enough to put everything in jeopardy, then it's a toxic relationship. And what's scary is that there's now campaigns on Twitter in Saudi Arabia, for example, wanting to kick out 300,000 Le 300, Lebanese people. Like, check this out. And these tweets are getting a lot of engagement and a lot of retweets. This is, that's a tweet right there to all Lebanese. Say goodbye to hashtag Al-Badu. We demand deporting all Lebanese from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Period. No negotiation. Hashtag Talheed Al-Lubnaniyin. Matlab. Or Matlab. Uh, I think there was another one in English that I can read. Uh, the time has come to deport the 300,000 Lebanese employees to their country. Our citizens are more entitled to work than those haters who offend our country. Again, this is a complete overreaction. That's an overreaction on their part. And again, they don't represent all of Saudi Arabia. They don't represent everyone there. I know that. But again, it's scary to see that because they're going to make like now pe people who live in Saudi Arabia or, or in the Emirates or anywhere are going to feel way less comfortable walking around there. And they're going to feel like they're being judged. Here's another tweet. I'm sorry, my Arabic is horrible. So basically, the point is all of these people are saying it's time to hire young Saudi people who are deserving of these jobs. And why do we keep hiring Lebanese people? And let's kick them out. You have owners of companies that are um, that are promising to to uh, get rid of Lebanese employees and to stop dealing with Lebanese companies and to only hire Saudi employees. This stuff is trending right now on Twitter and there's multiple hashtags. So that is also a very unfortunate consequence of what the fucking foreign minister said. What, I mean, I get the people in Saudi Arabia need to get offended because it was offensive the way he talked about the Bedouins. And again, it, they have a very rich and beautiful history. Like a lot of it is very cool and very interesting. And I got to learn a lot about it. You should get offended, but don't react that extremely because it shows that you're just insecure. And actually, Arabs do have an inferiority complex. Dubai, like Dubai is, is, is an inferiority complex given life. It is basically Arabs trying to prove to the rest of the world that, hey, we can do stuff. Look, here's the tallest building. Here's the biggest mall. You can ski indoors. There's penguins indoors. The whole point of Dubai is to just show the world that Arabs can do stuff. And, and a lot of the cities in Saudi also like are aiming for this, these grandiose, you know, architectural structures and stuff like that. And it's like, bro. So also don't get offended if you're comfortable with your history. And if you know what you guys are worth, don't take some idiot's words to heart because you know they don't represent the people there. But also for people, for Lebanese people who are living there, don't trade in your values that quickly just to appease someone. And especially if they don't want you there, what's more important at the end of the day? Making, you know, earning a living or like, I don't know, man, having some pride. And I don't mean to offend anyone, but there is this quote, this was a quote that I love that I think that I think is perfect, uh, perfectly sums up the situation. I would rather die standing up than to live on my knees. That's a nice wuzza tattoo to have on your arm. So, I mean, it's a complicated situation. Obviously, uh, the, the, the foreign minister has put our people in a very, very tricky spot. You know, I don't envy them. He, he should step down. He should publicly address this. By the time this comes out, I don't know if he will. Um, 
I hope people in Saudi know that this is not how we think, but I also want them to know that, hey, we know y'all fucked up too, and we know y'all ain't perfect, and I'm not here to grovel at anyone's feet, and I'm not here to pretend that Saudi Arabia has a perfect history. They're problematic, bro. They're very problematic. They've been silent on the Palestine issue. They've been silent on all the peace treaties that people have been signing with Israel. Like, come on, man. Do they have our best interest at heart? Like, I don't think they do. And a quick way, here's 10 ways that Saudi Arabia violates human rights. That's from Amnesty International UK. This was published on the 18th of May, 2020, so one year ago. Number one, torture is used as a punishment. Number two, executions are on the increase. Number three, no free speech. Number four, no protests. Number five, women are widely discriminated against. Number six, torture and police custody is common. Number seven, you can be detained and arrested with no good reason. Number eight, religious discrimination is rife. Number nine, migrant workers have been deported en masse. Number 10, human rights organizations banned. Just some fun facts. But it also is, is sad and kind of ironic that Lebanese people, even when they leave Lebanon, they can't manage to get away from our shitty politicians. Like they manage to ruin people's lives no matter where they are. If you're here, they'll ruin your life. If you leave, they'll still ruin your life. You can't get away from them. Like, God, man, let these people who, who got away from Lebanon, let them work and live in peace. And now they have to worry about losing their jobs. But again, also Lebanese people who who here are more than happy to turn away when illegal stuff happens. And as long as their life is going well, they're also happy to do that abroad. So you guys, we gotta, but I get it. If you speak out in those countries, you get deported. So, but that's why I don't like putting them on a pedestal. And that's why I feel uncomfortable with Lebanese people shitting on their own country, even though our country deserves to be shat on. I don't feel comfortable with them putting a country like Saudi Arabia on a pedestal. I'm sorry. Okay, folks, Daddy Foodie is back in the news. Daddy Foodie has made sure to, to, to shove his way back into consciousness. I already went over this on Instagram, pretty much. You guys know what's going on uh, in Palestine. You know what's been happening in Lebanon also for the past few years. Uh, we've been going through our own shit, and we've been protesting, and we've been fighting for our rights, etc., etc. Uh, but for most people, you know, most people agree that you can care about more than one cause at a time. You know what I mean? It's, it's possible to walk and chew gum at the same time. But for some people, people like Daddy Foodie, that's a bit much. That's asking too much. So here's what someone, what is she called? Pam Simple Eats wrote this poem or whatever the, the fuck it is. Je suis Liban. Je suis pas Palestine. Je suis pas Syrie. Je suis pas Israël. Je suis pas Iran. Je suis pas ceux qui ont tué, massacré des centaines de milliers de Libanais. Je suis pas avec ceux qui ont tué nos soldats. Je suis pas avec ceux qui occupent notre terre, armés aux dents, prétendant être réfugiés. Je suis Liban. Et que Liban, avant de libérer n'importe quel pays, libérer le Liban. Okay, hey, what, what is je suis? At least say je suis le Liban, if you wanted to say this. So Daddy Foodie takes that message, takes a screenshot, posts it on his uh, stories, and says, What's happening with the Palestinians is certainly not acceptable, but let's be realistic and remember that Lebanon comes first. Then, a few minutes later, he says that he's blocked 24 people so far. Yalla, who's next? I guess people weren't happy with his stupid... IG story, as they should. Then he writes another story. But at least 99% of you understood the meaning of what I said. will hashtags will quotes that make you feel like you're not being hypocritical to your own country's downfall. Listen, bro, first of all, like he's talking to like a bunch of young kids mostly like Gen Z. You're the fucking old dude. You're in like what, your 40s or your 50s? 
You helped this country get to the fucking shit that it's at. Not a bunch of fucking Gen Zs who are talking about Palestine on Instagram. Shubek, and even if your friends who are your age are, are talking about Palestine. Again, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. We're Arabs. We're all in this together, bro. Don't let political conflicts and conflicts between governments get in the way of being a good fucking human, my man. Like, again, you have a huge audience. Well, actually, not that much because you buy a lot of your followers, which, again, I've been told by people you've worked with in the past because, again, people don't like you and they're more than happy to talk about you when they don't like you. Ugh. Oh, Daddy Foodie. And what's ironic, so Daddy Foodie says that, but what's the dumber shit? So right before he said that, he actually posted this quote by Malcolm X. If you're not careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. So he's like pretending to care about what's happening. But then right after that Instagram story, he hits you with the Liban en premier, Liban, je suis le Liban. We forget we have what is happening in Lebanon. Lebanon comes first. And that's not even the worst of it. The Malcolm X thing isn't even the worst of it. He was chilling. Our boy was chilling that same day. Okay, the same day that he posted those stories, he was chilling in motherfucking Dubai, yo. He's in goddamn Dubai. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. And he was also at a pool selling his ro selling a Rolex, like like a sponsored post with Rolex or something. Look at that. Look at that. He's selling a Rolex in a pool while lecturing us about not helping Lebanon. Yeah, because your fucking sponsored Rolex ad is totally going to help put Lebanon on the map. Wow, daddy foodie. And I mean, again, look, uh, Shadden, a Lebanese stand-up comedian, made a great video talking about all these people that are like, you can't talk about Lebanon. Like, bro, we were begging when the Beirut blast happened, dude. We had a fucking hashtag that was like, please keep talking about Beirut. Keep talking about Beirut. The least we can do is support our brothers and sisters when they are going through an immense injustice. The least you can do is try to raise some awareness on social media. And when someone like you, well, actually, no, again, I keep that you have no audience, but I just like fucking with you, daddy foodie. Someone actually sent him a message about his story. Check this out. It's like, dude, you're posting this from Dubai. You left Lebanon. If you really love it, you'd be here with all of us in Lebanon, too. He tells her, I'm on holiday with my kids. You R word. He uses the R word, guys. I'm not going to say it for, let's see if this video can still get monetized. And then she responds, but like, he's such a, he's such an asshole. You know what I mean? He's such an asshole. Yeah. So that's, that's your dose of daddy foodie for this week. Uh, told you I'd be watching daddy. I told you, you said you were coming back. I told you my eyes are going to be on you, on your shitty videos. So keep them coming. Keep them coming. TikToks. I know you guys liked my TikTok special, so we have a very, very mini version of that that, that we're going to do for you guys right now. I'm going to be reacting to some... There's this lady in the IDF... Uh, what is it? Is it Israeli Defense Force? Is that what it stands for? Anyway, so this lady TikToker has some very cringe TikToks uh, over there. Let's check them out. Uh, I've had to change some of the music for copyright and stuff like that. So uh, bear with Anthony. I think you'll like the new music choices. Huh? What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? Sorry. The voices. I'm kidding. Jeez. That's not what they really said. Okay, yo, that's like fucking psychotic, dude. She's fucking psycho. And they're out there fighting young Palestinian kids who have rocks and stuff.
think I want it. Grab somebody sexy, tell Okay, I was just smiling because of the fart music. Uh, this is so crazy. Like, okay, so if you're in the IDF and you're tasked with doing the horrible stuff that they're doing to people and the illegal settlements and the injustices that they're committing on a daily basis to the Palestinian population, how can you be so happy and take so much pleasure in it and post, post TikToks where you're dancing? And it's kind of gross, man. And that's freaky. And I just wanted to highlight these TikToks because that's just insane, man. While you get these videos of kids in Palestine crying their eyes out and saving these little baby, these little, the fish in their house, and they're just adorable and it breaks your heart, you see these insane motherfuckers doing this kind of shit. And uh, it reminds you who the good people are and who the bad people are in this conflict. And it is so unfortunate that the American media is so insanely biased and so much of the West doesn't know what's going on over here. And even I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. I've said some dumb shit on the subject in the past many a time and I've embarrassed myself. But um, you live and you learn. Okay, I wasn't kidding around when I said there was a lot to go over this week. Joseph Shada, the TikToker that I talked about in my TikTok special episode 13, was it? Uh, he was one of the more popular TikTokers. Uh, and I mentioned, I showed, I highlighted a couple of TikToks of his that, that I found to be a bit disturbing at the time, where he was asking if it's okay for someone over the age of 20 to go out with someone that was younger than the age of 18, or with someone who was 17. <laughs> ترتبط بشاب هو بأول العشرينات في ناس ممكن يعتبروا هذا الشيء جدا عادي and since he's a teacher I figured he shouldn't be asking a question like that on TikTok where his audience is primarily you know young teens and like tweens and stuff like that طب خليني اسألك شغلة إذا بنت عمرها 18 قد ايه ماكسيموم عمر الشاب اللي فيها ترتبط فيه مين بيقرر and um, apparently he's gotten some, I never know, I never accused him of anything in particular. I never, I never used a particular word or anything like that. Uh, but I know he, I know he watched the, the TikTok special and I know he left a comment on it. Uh, so he released two recent TikToks, which suggest that he has been watching the show and that he's trying to clarify some things. And actually, I'm going to give Joseph Shada some credit for that. So uh, let's, let's watch the TikToks. Like I said, I always, I'm always willing to give people credit, man. So, uh... Let's check him out. اليوم رح وضح كذبات انتشروا عني على السوشيال ميديا ورح بين الحقيقة. أول كذبة إني هالكلمة. بلشت القصة على تويتر لما كتبت تغريدة ساخرة بس كان بنفس الوقت هدفها تشجيع العلاقات لفوق 18، يعني لفوق 18 يكون مع شخص فوق 18، بس انفهمت التغريدة غلط، كفيت القصة لما صرت على تيك توك وعرفوا إني أستاذ، فبتعرفوا أهين طريقة لتشويه سمعة الأستاذ وضرب لشغله هي انه يطلعوا عليه هيك صيت بس اكيد بالنهايه الحقيقه 
واضحه وكثير اشخاص كانوا متابعيني وشالوا المتابعه بسبب هالاشاعات اللي عم تطلع عني فبليز ما تحكموا على حدا ما بتعرفوه وبالنهايه ما بيصح الا الصحيح والحقيقه رح بتبين تاني كذبه هي اني مثلي جنسيا تالت كذبه هي عن عمري عمري مش 50 عمري 24 واخر كذبه هي عن طوله بيضلوا يقولوا عني قصير متر 40 فعليا انا متر 70 Uh, so yeah, again, I, I never accused him of anything. I'm not trying to ruin his reputation as a teacher or anything like that. I honestly, I'm pretty happy I highlighted what I highlighted and it did come off as very creepy. He says people misunderstood it and that it came off as like a bad joke or something. It was fucking creepy and it was disturbing, but I'm glad that he's clarifying it and that he's trying to, to kind of uh, change his ways. And he did another, he posted another story or another TikTok. That was kind of in reference to the video I made about a young little baby, Naya Shrif, who's on, whose parents are like using her as a product on Instagram to sell clothes. She's, they're not the only parents to do that to their kid. But he's kind of talking about something similar. Check that out. Like you know, there are people who are doing the first time they get the child, they make a profile on social media and they make a picture of him without any attention to his personality. They don't think that لما يكبر ما رح يقول لهم انه انتم ليه عرضتوا حياتي قدام الناس بلكي هو ما بده انا بعلم داخل مدرسه بعد الظهر ما يعرف بالافتر سكول بس هلا وقفنا بسبب الكورونا مثلي مثل اي استاذ ومعلمه كنت اخذ صور مع تلاميذي وكنا ننزلهم على السوشيال ميديا بس بعدين فكرنا وقلنا انه نحن ما قلنا حق نعمل هالشيء ورجعنا محيناهم كلهم احتراما لخصوصيتهم من هلا ورايح ما بقى عم ننزل اي صوره مع الاطفال لانه ضروري انه نحمي خصوصيته. I want to give him some credit for these videos, man. Okay? I want to I want to give him credit for clarifying some of that other stuff in that other video. Not the, him being gay or all of that or being 50 years old or being metro sabain like I don't care about that. He actually dropped a TikTok to prove that he's not short. Like he went so far to disprove. It's kind of hilarious. I'll I'll add it to the video. مع انه مش مضطر برر بس طلعوا لهون هو متر 80 وانا متر 70 مش الحال وضحيت uh, but i also like the fact that he's discouraging parents from from having their kids on instagram at an early age and from using them on instagram I, he's 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 taking the right steps to push himself away from that image that he himself created not me bro again don't get shit confused you did that to yourself with these horrible tweets and your horrible tiktoks asking about dating minors and stuff i hope you've, you've deleted them get rid of them okay don't talk about that stuff anymore uh and remember only date people that are over the age of 18 but in honor of joseph shada doing the right thing in honor of him doing the right thing we're gonna talk about some goddamn takis baby i'm gonna review the delicious mexican snack takis takis in honor of joseph shada so in honor of Joseph Shada and his ASMR video doing his horrible ASMR videos. I'm gonna do my own version, okay? Uh, I've already tried the snack, full disclosure. It was pretty good. I really liked it actually. So I'm gonna try it on camera and tell you what I think about it live uh, with an ASMR experience. So, let's go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise my volume levels a little bit like that, yeah. I hope that's good, I hope you guys can hear me. I'm gonna do some talkies. I'm gonna talk about the talkies. Talkies. So, so, uh, 
are a very good Mexican snack. Uh, they're produced by Parcel, Parcel Snacks. I think they were, they launched in like 2006 in the United States market. Folks, we've come to the end of episode 19 of Do Not Worry. I was going to talk about uh, Rawad Balbakir, the guy who did the video about the, the overweight lady and getting a piercing. I have nothing to say about the guy, guys. All right, He's just, he's just a cringe Lebanese dude who shouldn't be talking about women's bodies, but for some reason he is, and he got some attention. It's extremely lame. It's extremely stupid. I don't even want to give him any more attention uh, than he got. But thank you so much for sticking around for this episode. I know it might have been a little bit long. It might have been a little bit weird. I went into some slightly maybe sensitive topics that I don't normally talk about. Uh, let's see if, uh, if this video gets demonetized because of it. But regardless, thank you so much for watching. Like this video. Slap a like on this bad boy. I'd really appreciate it. Leave a comment. Your engagement, as always, is extremely helpful. I'd love to know what you guys think about the Joseph Shada situation. If, have you guys tried some Takis before? What do you guys think of Takis? 
Uh, what do you think about the daddy foodie stuff, the, the, the Saudi Lebanon issue? But please be respectful. Let's not create, uh, you know, World War Three in the comment section of do not worry. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed yet. We're almost at 3,000 subscribers. Help me reach that milestone. And make sure you're subscribed. That way you get to see the brand new podcast that is going to launch near the end of June, start of July. It's going to be a lot of fun. I guarantee it. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And as usual, do not worry.